Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, all cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? If you can't be the best, Josh, you go out and you get the best. We have an amazing <laughs> guest this week on Always Cheating. We are welcoming Jamie Piggott, who is the reigning FPL champion. And, you know, you, we all remember Euros 2020, and the whole song was, It's Coming Home. Football's coming home to England. Well, FPL has finally come home to the home of fantasy sports. I'm talking about saber metrics. I'm talking rotisserie, USA. Uh, so, Jamie, welcome to the show, reigning FPL champ. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, thanks for having me on, both Josh and Brandon. This is, um, you know, it's, it's just fun to be on chat with you guys. So, yeah. I'm glad to glad to be on. Right on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I was. I was talking before we started here about it's we're you know we're all in baseball hats and it's just a, you know it's a you know it's an american podcast when all of us are, are sporting our especially me and you jim we have the like the american dad cap going you know, for a flat brim guy. i went five panel for this one Hip, oh, wow. hipster, hipster brooklyn style <laughs> gonna go, here gonna go bike a half marathon after this <laughs> all right <laughs> Well, yeah, Jamie, I, you know, I sort of told myself before this podcast started that I, I didn't want to do too much American centric stuff. You know, listeners from all over the place are, are going to listen to this podcast. But I have to say it was extremely cool to have an American win the fantasy game. First time an Americans it's won before. And, you know, and, and it's hard enough for, you know, you're, you're located in the on the West Coast, hard enough for me and Brandon to wake up, um, you know, at 730 a.m. or 6 a.m. if we want to check our, you know, our teams before the deadline. Uh, but for you, I mean, we're talking about a, a 4.30 a.m. start time on Saturdays. Uh, so I, I feel like like the degree of difficulty, like it was especially high for you. And so, you know, extra congratulations for you. And I guess just to start things off, like how did you like how much did you watch last year? Like, are you watching those 4.30 a.m. matches? If it was a Tottenham game, I was probably watching okay. it or at least set my alarm to wake up to watch it. And then yeah, I went in back theory, to sleep. Yeah. Or like, about the in theory wake up. Or, yeah. or, I, or I fell asleep at halftime. That happens. Yeah. Um, but I, I watch a lot of games. I watch probably most Spurs games across the season. Um, yeah. And and then even, you know, as I, I think as the season went on and I was doing well, yeah. I got more engaged and was, yep. you know, my alarm would, or my alarm wouldn't go <laughs> off, but I, I have a, a 15 month old and he would wake me up at yeah. 4 a.m. And then I'd be like, hmm, is Salah starting or is, you know, yeah. what's happening? What's, what, what are the lineups are out? And then I'd just, you know, I'd, my, I was awake. I'd go watch and I'd sit on the couch. And, that is you know. an interesting, that's an interesting trick. I hadn't thought about that, but you, you, you never sleep with a kid, you know? So, so especially like those first two years. So I, and I have, a, I have a five, almost six year old well, right now. So Josh, I, wonder I remember if that, yeah. you, you had a down season when you had a newborn yeah. and you, you sort of blamed Listen, it on your irregular patterns of life. And, and now we can flip the script to maybe I'll never say find an excuse. An ad- I can't hunt down and, and pin on a bad season. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, well, thank, thanks for yeah yeah. I, I imagine you were waking up at uh, at four thirty near the end there, and I I know you did like a big watch though on game week um, for game week thirty eight. You're right. Did you meet up with some some FPL hashtag FPL USA guys and and watch the I, match together? Yeah, I did. I was I was trying to debate between am I going to watch this last game, this last round of matches, hiding behind my couch, or <laughs> yeah, am yeah. I going to go find a fun opportunity? So. <laughs> so- what what was it? Take us through that last day, Game Week Thirty Eight. What was at stake? Like, what was your points cushion going into the kickoffs? What did you need to have happen or not happen? Yeah, so I, um, Suvanch, who was in second place at the time, um, I was in first going into the last week. I was up by like two points, I think, wow. going into that last game. Slimmest of margins. So it was it was head to head. I hope I remember that correctly. Yeah. Um, but then Savanch took a hit, so I, right off the bat, I was up six. Right. Um, and then at that point, you know, our, everybody's team's alive. I've got we've got seven of the same players and the same captain, so it call, comes down to four people. My four <laughs> versus his four. Do you remember your but, four people? Um, I had Reese James. Matip, Mane, and well, because Alonzo didn't start, I got Pookie off the bench. So Pookie was oh, wow. as my fourth, you know, unique person. And then um, Savanch had Kane, um, which was as a Spurs fan hard to, yeah. to root against my own team there a little bit. But he had Kane, he had Saka, Trent. I didn't have Trent, okay. and he had. Somebody else. Yeah. I'll like, remember it's in a like second. a real, yeah, like a real, it's like a real fear factor. I mean, yeah. Trent and Trent and Kane alone, right? Those are players who could do incredibly well. Yeah. Right? yeah. Given, yeah. 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 So the whole, the whole day, I mean, watching, you know, th- that day with all 10 games on at the same time, it's, it's hectic. And when you're in a yeah. bar sitting in the middle of a bunch of different TV screens with all the different <laughs> yeah. games on different screens. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you just kind of like, I don't know where to look uh, yeah. at all those different games that are going on <laughs> and what's happening across it. And then yeah. we'd see a goal go in for Spurs and I'd be like, Man. yes, but like also no, yeah. like wait, who scored it? Was it Kane? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I feel like that was a weird, I, I not, not to like get too caught up in because I, 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 I won't remember the details either, and it'll just become like I was trying to remember a match from you know three months ago. But yeah, I feel like that was a weird one. Like because I, I remember Sun scored both of his goals like in the second, like within like after like the seventy fifth minute or something like that. And so it was kind yeah. of a strange one. And but then Mane scored in the first half. I remember that. So. Mane scored early, yeah. so I had a I had a bigger I had a bigger cushion um, because of that goal early and that carried. So I kind of always had a decent cushion. I ended up with, yeah. winning by like twelve points. Oh wow! Um, okay. So a, a decent enough cushion that 12 points is a couple of goals um, yeah. across um, all the, the those, you know, only four players. Um, so it was uh, I was kind of got off to a decent enough start that um, throughout the day it was just kind of like itching back. And then like Martinelli yeah. took a penalty and set a Saka. And I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, just little moments that were yeah. very exciting or when Mane scored the second goal and then it was offsides. I remember was, that. That was a roller coaster. I, I captained him uh, in game week 38. So that, oh. was, that was an intense moment for me as well. Yeah. I think uh, it was a little bit more intense for me. <laughs> I just, it, <laughs> it's hard to say. It's hard. You don't know the, 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 the fire that, uh, you know, you know I, th- I think you're, I think you're, so did they, did they, did they contact you? Oh, I was just, um, gonna ask the same question because i'm like so riddled with anxiety the moment i win suddenly i'll be thinking like well do i reach out to them are they gonna reach <laughs> yeah. out to me like send them like an email, email like- best <laughs> or should i be on whatsApp? <laughs> Did men in suits show up like a with a giant publisher's clearinghouse check? How does that go down? <laughs> that, that would have been fun if they showed up with a check. It would have taken a couple of days for them to fly out and everything. Right. But, um, 
Yeah, somebody reached out via email because your email's in when you right. uh, sign up for the game. And so somebody reached out via email and said, congratulations. And okay, so what you want. So, so it wasn't very get, exciting. As it wasn't like in advance. It wasn't like with like when they like wheel the Stanley Cup, like, it, you know, like the Stanley Cup is in the stadium tonight. No, <laughs> it was, it was yeah. much more anticlimactic than that. <laughs> fair, fair enough. What do you win? I fr- You know, it's funny. Like, I, I think for so many of us, like the idea of winning is so remote that I, I'm not even 100% sure I know what you get for, for winning. Like what was your probably you know, like a Super Nintendo and a trip to Space <laughs> yeah. Camp? And- right, exactly. Spot on. So I get a strip, <laughs> trip to Space Camp. Now I, I get to, a trip to go out to two games, um, awesome. two matches. So I think they cover a whole week of wow, um, really lodging cool. and flight. And so that'll be fun um, when I get that scheduled. And then yeah, um, a, kind of a bunch of swag. I got a PS5 and a, oh, cool. a Hublot watch. Um, so oh, wow. a handful of other kind of more swaggy things. Um, they should they should tout that more. That's actually, that's, that's, that's I've been really trying good. to get a PS5 for like <laughs> two years now. So, But at, at, the same, at the same time, if you think about the magnitude of what it is that you do um, yeah. and that beat 9 million people, <laughs> <laughs> you walk away with a trip and a PS5. It's kind of yeah. there's there's other you know Dream Team and um, a couple other you know bigger yeah. fantasy things where you walk away with you know fifty grand. Um, that would have been cool. Yeah. But, um, I'll t- I'll take the the win and the notoriety yeah, and I get to yeah. come be on podcasts. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the bragging rights alone are just like staggering to me. I can't even yeah. imagine. It really is true. I mean, yeah. Do you? Do you? Did you? Okay. And we'll, we'll we'll talk about action for people who are like, why are they? Why are they not talking about anything real here? <laughs> I, I am curious. <laughs> did you put it on your LinkedIn page? I did not, not yet, but okay. I think I need to revamp that. I've got a pretty okay. steady job that I, I haven't <laughs> looked back in my resume, but I think I need to. To just I think so. Tweet that. It's a unique, okay. yeah, exactly. And then you can endorse. I'll, I'll pop out and endorse you after. Oh, this. perfect! So I'll get a whole bunch yeah. of endorsements. I'll send out yeah. a link to Twitter. Everybody can can come in and endorse me. <laughs> All right, Josh. Should we do some uh, quick hit promo for the Very show quick. before we yep. we unlock Jamie's brain and, and get inside <laughs> and, and check out ex- exactly how he went about winning the game? So uh, let's start off by talking about Patreon, which. You know, we've had a lot of stuff going on to start the season, so we've pushed this off to the side, but we're getting a few new Patreons in, and we just think this is a great feature that we offer. If you like what me and Josh do every week, you want to say thanks and support what we do, get more FPL content in return, pay us a visit at patreon.com slash cheating. And what do you get in return? You can get an extra ad-free podcast each week. This week, speaking of uh, hashtag FPLUSA, we're going to be joined by FPL Black Wolf. Josh, you've been in touch with Black Wolf on Twitter. Anything you want to say about this upcoming show? Well, I mean, Jamie knows him better than I do. Um, I think I think they watched Game Week 38 together. So it's it's a real FP, hashtag FPLUSA week uh, for us on the podcast. Excellent. Yeah, we're also about. doing a monthly Manager of the Month awards. You get an always cheating mug if you are on our Dean's list. We got Slack chat going 24-7 with a bunch of managers as well as Josh and myself, our weekend review newsletter after each game week. Everyone in our top two tiers gets the new 22-23 season t-shirt. Ooh, it is a beautiful royal blue, Josh. It's a, and uh, uh, people people are great enjoying design. That. People like it. Yeah. Simple, Why don't you uh, thank, our, thank our newest Patreon members, Josh? Yeah, uh, thank you to, we have two new producers this week, uh, Craig Jackson and James Conroy. And then uh, also thank you to Daniel Eichenberger, Joel Tolbert, Andreas Lindholm, Goran Hendrickson, Jace Phillips, Kyle Bullen. Uh, And all Patreon supporters get a 10% discount to attend Fast in NYC. 
As a reminder, we we spent like 13 minutes. We actually did an entire podcast about Fest that, that's in our feed right now with 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 uh, with with Mark. Um, yeah, we we talked yeah. to Mark Southerns and he was like, "I thought you guys had a good pitch last week. You just went right into it." He was yeah. he was bowled over by our because we're Americans, American sales pitches. We're yeah. Americans and we cannot soft pedal anything. We have to just go all out for everything that we do. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we can't help it. You know, it's like it's based in all Americans are salesmen. I'm I'm convinced. But mm-hmm. uh, September 10th in Brooklyn is Fest NYC. You can meet the cheaters, fantasy football scout creator, and lots of other things. Mark Southerns, uh, an FPL show guest in residence. That's my term, but I feel like that's what he is. Gianni Batucci. Uh, you can take part in a live Q&A, halftime quiz, kick around at the indoor soccer slash football pitch next door, watch all of Saturday's matches, and participate in a raucous post-match live recording. Uh, there's also a fest in the UK, so if you're listening yeah. now. Yeah, ff-fest.com uh, if you're in the UK, and uh, 20 pounds for a ticket in your First drink is free if you purchase that ticket before the end of July. Perfect. All right, let's do a clean break here, Brandon, and uh, we'll reset and talk to Jamie about how he won last season and what his plans are for winning a second time. Back-to-back, like like Virgil Can Trucks throwing back-to-back no-hitters in baseball. Maybe it'll happen this year. We'll take a break. We'll get back and talk about it. All right, we're back. Jamie, thanks again for joining us. We are, I broke this section up into, into three parts to, uh, I guess, make it easier to listen to. I mean, I was thinking about people who are listening to this podcast, you know, whether you're an experienced manager or somebody who is playing for the first time, uh, or, you know, you've played for a couple of seasons and you're like, okay, now is the time when I'm really going to try and I'm not going to, you know, like you often get the, like, I'm a huge you know, Fulham supporter. And I, I'm going to have three Fulham players in my starting 11 all season long. Like that's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that classic like all, approach. We all kind of start that way. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, I thought we could talk a little bit about, uh, some advice. I mean, I thought like just big picture here, like elevator pitch, right? If you like, just, you know, let's say it was like a long elevator, you know, you're going like, <laughs> like a big, you know, you're going to the, you know, empire state building, you know, hundred floors. Uh, and you just, you were trying to explain to somebody, you know, what you feel like you did right last season and maybe how it differed from previous seasons, like just big picture. Like, what do you think you, you did right last year? Yeah. And just before you jump into that, Jamie, what, how many seasons had you played prior to last season? How experienced a manager were you at going into it? Yeah. Um, so last season was really my second, I'd say season the yeah. first year I um, made a team on auto draft. And then the week, Game week one deadline passed, and then I realized I was stuck with this team, and so I, <laughs> I, I canceled that. I, I, I that team didn't count in my mind, okay. um, and I quit. And then, so then the next season I came in, and um, and so, and it was more of just playing for fun with immediately um, somebody's mind. And then last season was really the first season that I really tried, um, and I got. I've got an addictive personality and I'm very competitive. So those two things, as I kind of got into it, that second, that well, my first season and kind of started to learn the strategy around it. And, yeah. and I was like, wow, this game is like, this game is really fun. Um, <laughs> how do I, how do I take this to the next level? And in between those two seasons was the euros. Um, and so that euros, I played the Euro fantasy um, yep. game as well, which, kind of got me even more excited going into the next season. Um, so I was, yeah, I was excited to start it. Um, so two seasons, really one kind of trial, um, by fire. And then, um, the next where I was a lot more serious and took it serious from the beginning. Um, You're a quick student, it seems. Yeah. 
Yeah, and humble too. I like that. Let's go. Right, so, I mean, what's the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's... yeah. So I, I like Josh's setup here of of just like the the big picture view of how you feel like you nailed it. Yeah. So I'd say the, the two big things that I think I nailed, and it kind of plays into what I was just saying about finding the strategy a lot more fun. Is I really nailed my first wild card last year, um, and then I really nailed my chip strategy, and those two things um, were really and. I nailed a lot of th- other things throughout the year sure, and I, I, sure. I got lucky on a, on picks on differential picks and all that stuff that I also, you could say I nailed, but those two things that were the most in my control of yeah. nailing my wild card and nailing my chip strategy. And, um, and both of those, the wild card more on a steady long-term basis. I set my team up for a really long time and I was yeah. able to, to maximize and jump on a, on a big of the back strategy that nobody else was doing of going five premium defenders yep. in week eight. And then um, at the end, I, I kind of, it wasn't that unique of a strategy of wild card um, bench boost and free hit and um, at the end there. Um, but it was unique in the sense that most people had already played their chips and yeah. I was it required able to some patience. Yeah, I feel like I a did. lot of us, self included, I played mine in the in the twenties, the late twenties, as, as many others did, and I it was re- it, really it, regretted it. It was interesting, spread. and I wonder if uh, like Jamie being um, only in his second season and not so ingrained in you know FPL online culture, there were really two camps. I think the camp that played the chips around game week twenty and tried to set themselves up there, and and another camp that just waited and. It's funny because actually the waiting game is the tried and true method over the last decade of how to roll out the chip. So you were yeah. kind of like a veteran at heart coming into this season, I feel like, Jamie. <laughs> it's, you say that, but at the same time, last season, and I, I know this even for not playing FPL yeah. past seasons, but last season was just so different in the yeah, way right. that canceled games and doubles and get things getting yeah. arranged that, that made, I think, all – you could have played the end of the season in a lot of different ways and still been successful because of the sheer amount of games that were there um, that is going to be different than what we have this year. And we have sure. a whole different challenge of, yeah. I'll say, different circumstances with the, with the World Cup that changes this season also to not be a, a normal season. So I haven't really played a normal season yet. Right. Um, yeah. Book, I mean, it's been you know? it's been several years. Yeah. So you mentioned was it, it was game week eight when you played your wild card last season? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So game week eight for the first wild card is is a little bit late. I mean, I, I'm somebody who always plans to play it there, and I usually play it by like game week three or four. You know, uh, yeah. and there there's like there there there's an argument for that too. But I, I think playing in game week eight and then, and then while, you know, doing kind of your chips in the final quarter of the season, I feel like in both cases that required like a little bit of, you know, um, like I was gonna say patience, but also just like, you know, I don't know the courage is quite the right word, but like, there's like a moment there when everyone is starting to wildcard, everyone is starting to, um, you know, everyone's starting to play their chips on the stretch. I mean, I, I think I remember when you kind of joined, tw- I don't remember exactly when you joined Twitter. It was, it was in, in the, like the final quarter of the season, roughly. Yeah, it was at the end. I, I was, right I, I, I was on Twitter just quiet yeah. for a while. Yeah. And then I, then I yeah. made a new account with my actual, um, the football is life, football is right? life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so that I could actually engage with Twitter and, um, and that, yeah. that made it a little bit more fun, but I, I've been, I, I assume your agent reached out to you and said, we've got to maximize this, Jamie, get yeah. on social media. <laughs> yeah, you're and agent on your, line. You know, my <laughs> wife, my wife tells me she's my agent, my PR, um, media person yeah. also, um, yeah, she gave me good advice. <laughs> a theme I feel like I'm picking up on, 
I, I don't, I don't know if this helps where you were going, Josh, but flexibility, uh, like you, you, it seems like you were able to kind of change your strategy based on the circumstances because it was such a chaotic season. I mean, how looking back on it, Jamie, how rigid were there moments in the season where you felt like you were a little too rigid or you were just kind of going with the flow, uh, because yeah. it was so chaotic. It's hard for me to look back at my season winning and be like, I did, I was like too rigid or too, there's, you know, it's it's basically, it goes according to plan. Although I'll caveat that I'm surprised from winning. I'm surprised that I didn't have to nail everything. I feel, I still made mistakes across the season. Yeah, Uh, That's good to hear. And, but, and I didn't, you know, so so those mistakes, I felt like I, I wasn't going to win because you have to get everything right right to be first. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not necessarily the case. Um, but back to your kind of original question of was I flexible or, or too rigid at times? I, I, I planned like from my being in my team, I planned that I was going to wildcard in eight. Um, I ended up sticking with that. But on the back end of the season, my plan was flexible. Um, but also, I'd say well thought. I, I kind of planned my plan for a reason. Yep. And then when when things popped up and new doubles and new um, new fixtures change the landscape of how we view kind of the next certain uh, matches I was flexible and that I considered what to do and a lot of it's team dependent and my team was well set up for some of the blank game weeks in 27 and 30 so I decided not to um, I was originally going to use some chips in those weeks and I I felt like, yeah. hey, I think there's maybe better upside if I don't so I kind of pivoted yeah. a little bit but it wasn't to the point where I was like I'm, I'm wild carding in 26 and I'm or 27 and I'm going to free hit in 30. And, yeah. I, you know, I didn't pivot all my chips. Um, it was maybe just playing around with, with just with one of my free hits, which I ended up um, yeah. deploying and it was disastrous, but um, whatever. The strategy that you have talked about it, really from the start of last season uh, is one where it doesn't sound like you were taking like a lot of advice or sort of, I don't know, like, were you reaching out to people like, you know, like, like, were you like, the, you know, do you have like a network of people that you sort of talk fantasy with or maybe, maybe you probably do now, but like, you know, the last season, like the start of the year, were you talking with, were you getting to go to the bar and talking about this with your friends or. I, you know, I've, yeah. I had one buddy I was probably texting all year and okay. just me and him going back and forth on, on okay. w- yeah. what are your thoughts on this and that. But yeah. uh, other than that, it was, it was just the two of us. So he was, yeah. he was also really excited when I won. Yeah. I mean, that's how this podcast got started. Basically <laughs> just being Brandon texting about, uh, yeah. texting about our teams, you know? And, and, yeah. You know, there are occasional moments where uh, we might accuse each other of subterfuge because we're in a very competitive moment. You in do that season. to me. You <laughs> yeah, constantly that's... think that I'm, that I'm trying to like, lead you down the dark. The dark I think path. there's some sort of FPL cold war going on and josh is uh, you know blissfully just going about his business playing playing his excellent fantasy team uh, but so yeah go ahead well, josh i was just gonna jump in here uh there's a you know francis says um you know we've talked about this a little bit already but maybe we can turn this into something that's a little more uh, a little more advice driven and so francis asks uh, given it's your second engaged season and you had a nice blend of template and calculated risk uh, what's your advice for people looking to make the leap uh, from casual manager to more engaged manager, right? So you said the Euros got you excited, but I remember you digging into data and websites last year, like kind of ahead of the season. Like, was there like a big jump up in terms of the research that you did you know, at the start of the year? In, in preseason, no. I don't think I was doing that much um, at that point. It was as the season kept going and I kept doing well, I think I kind of, like a snowball rolling down the hill, I kind of 
picked up more um, just finding out about more content that was out there, yeah. um, more tools and things. So as the season went on, I just kind of started using more and more things yeah. um, to help evaluate my decisions. Um, so my advice would be that um, uh, there's a lot of great content out there and a lot of people do a lot of great research. Yeah. And I never did a lot of stuff on my own sitting there on a spreadsheet trying to figure out, you know, yeah. who's got the best XG. You there's don't really a lot of people to, doing right? it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's totally. a lot of people doing it. And yeah. if you find the people who resonate with the style of play that you like and the style of things that you're looking for, whether it's analytics or, yeah. um, or eye test, and you, you gravitate to that and, you know, knowing your own game and what you want to do yep. is also, I think a big part of that. Like for me, I, I like having fun with it. FPL is a game and yep. that, and, you know, I didn't start the season with the goal to win the, win the game right. you know that that wasn't what i was trying to do i was trying yeah. to beat, beat a couple of buddies in my mini league and yeah. i'm sure that's the case for a lot of people and and so you know finding a way to play the game within what you want to get out of it and for me it was fun and um people uh, you kind of joked earlier about um people having you know three phone players um in their team because they're a phone <laughs> fan yeah and and who said who said you can't win fpl with a little bit of team bias you know i that's true first fan i was i was yeah. going against the grain and captain came and son even when sala was yeah. banging in goals so easier when uh, it's a top six team i think i think yes. <laughs> yeah. that's fair yeah. that's a fair statement <laughs> yeah uh, like we'll, uh mark mark <laughs> southerns who was on the pod midweek he's a forest fan and i think like yeah people who are supporters of clubs down down there it's yeah the, the best to approach fpl is as a yeah. neutral brandon's that a fulham is, su- yeah brandon's a fulham supporter i'm a i'm an arsenal supporter and so it's kind of a, yeah. a tricky well, even me i feel like it's are we top six still i don't know i guess we are right now we had a great summer so we'll, you we'll guys are having happens. a great window and uh, having some good <laughs> preseason results meanwhile fulham today got spanked 5-1 by benfica so the Tim yeah. Ream torches are are out, but Andreas Sadly. Andreas started, so there you go. He five, did, and he I, I think he got the assist for Mitro. Um, he did. I, I could I didn't watch the highlights yet. There we go. So there we go. Four point five. You love to see it. Um, I like this question here from Hancho Phil Josh. He wants to know. People love to say you can't win FPL in the first week, but you can lose it in the first week. So you mentioned, Jamie, coming into the season, you had no designs of winning. I, A, I want to know when the switch was flipped, when you're like, oh, man, I actually could win this. It could have, could have flipped as early as game week one if you land, if like a ton of people broke a century mark in points in game week one. Um, so how did your start go and how did the sort of trajectory of your season take you uh, to number one? Yeah, I I thought I did really well at the, in that first week, yeah. and then I found out that you know everybody was doing well. Yeah, right. um, and and so I ended up I was I was just outside the top one million, um, wow. and and so it wasn't like I had a lightning fast start. I then stayed at like nine hundred k for like four weeks. Wow. So I it wasn't until game week I think five, and or or maybe six that I kind of started to make some gains and I started to cut my rank in half, like for a dozen weeks in a row. And wow. um, okay. so I, I did really well starting there and it was kind of time with my wild card and the two weeks leading up to it. But you know, I didn't, I, people say you can't, you can't win the, or you can't win the first week. And I think that's totally true. Yeah. Um, you can't really lose it either, but I don't think that that's a reason to just like, play so safe that yeah. you're just trying not to lose. Um, if you're really trying to win, I think, and 
I was like, last season was a lot different than this season and the fact that there were so many games backloaded in the schedule that there were so many more points in the second half of the season that were available than in the first half. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, can you, can you lose it on the first week? Sure. If you end up in the, um, you know, 7 million, 8 million range, there. you're probably not going to be able to Almost climb back as much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening but, to this podcast, probably, you're probably not going to be you know, yeah, 7 the, million. At, yeah. at the same time, because it's not just the points you lose out that week. That probably means you're set up bad, poorly for the next couple of weeks. Good point. Um, right. So you're going to continue to lose points if your team is just, is, is poor yeah. on paper. Um, but I think there's definitely a time and place to, to, attack some of those first weeks, especially this season with the unlimited transfers in the middle of the the season. And so I don't think that that's a great reason to just, just play the template and just be super safe. I think you can still find ways to be aggressive and take some risks. Um, But, you know, doesn't mean you have to take a a team a whole of all risks, but yeah, um, I I totally agree with that. And that's, yeah, I'm, I'm currently debating going without Trent at the start of the season. And that's sort of, uh, you know, I, I mean, I will have other expensive defenders, but he might be one that I don't have for kind of that similar reason. Like it's sort of a calculated yeah. risk. When you, when you take, yeah. when you take risks like that, like going without trend, just, just know what you're going against. <laughs> right. That's so true. <laughs> know know yeah. what you're going against and why you're taking that risk. Because <laughs> if you're just taking a risk to take a that's risk, it's ex- not smart. That's so certainly, that's certainly true. You yeah. better have a plan to replace trans points yeah. or a reason why you don't think he's going to score. Yeah, that's, points. that's, that's exactly right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A, a big theme in this preseason for Josh, especially, has been effective ownership, and you're you're trying to push that idea out of your mind, Josh. I know, well, just to but a it, certain degree. I mean, I, I I just felt like it kind of got in my head too much last year. I mean, one of the one of the reasons I was asking you, uh, Jamie, all these questions about, um, you know, what you like, what resources you were using, and things like that. Is I actually feel like there's a real risk that just simple run of of overdoing it, you know, um, and kind of just like I mean, just you know, listening to 
13 podcasts a week, eight YouTube shows. You're reading every article and Scout and Hub, you know, you're just like, you're like over, you're just like hitting yourself with so much information that I feel like you run the risk of, you know, not even knowing if your opinion is your own opinion anymore, you know, because you're just so inundated with, with information. And so I, I'm trying to cut back on that a little bit this season. So I, I, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, you're probably kind of, you know, I feel like you're, you're about to experience that, right? Because I feel like you've just like, you know, met, I feel like you're meeting a lot of people. I see you chatting people on, on Twitter and stuff like that. And so I feel like you're about to hit that, like, what do I have to cut out? You know, you're the resource now, Jamie. (laughs) Yeah. You're the resource. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'll admit I I am feeling that way a bit of, you know, last year, one of the things I I had was I was, I was in, I was watching and consuming content, but I wasn't, you know, over, I wasn't like engaged in it. And, and I'm finding already that I, yeah, I'm, I'm having a similar feeling of like, I need to, you know, I'm not trying to tinker with my team too much. I'm trying to just yeah. like wait at least until the end of the later when we have Same. a lot more information to really nail down what I want to do. But the more stuff you consume, the more different ideas that get planted and you're like, oh, so-and-so thought that was a good player. And now like then you just, yeah. then your brain, your subconscious <laughs> thinks that it came from you. You're, you're totally right. It's yeah. Spot on that. yeah. So I got to, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to do that in the second season with a lot more eyes on my own team yeah. than I've ever, nobody's ever looked at my team except people in my mini leagues. Well, the, the beauty is you could finish, you really could finish like 1.99 million this year and it would be to, like, it wouldn't matter. You know, like you've, yeah. <laughs> like you've, you've but ascended to the top. And you know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why. <laughs> I could have gone a little higher there. Uh, <laughs> um, so you mentioned before, I, I think this was, this was another um, a conversation you'd had. You said that you spent, I think it was about 30 minutes, uh, about 30 minutes of PL time each week. And I'm not sure. I'm sure that was cranked up near the end. How could it not? But like, you know, are, do, are you going to try to set some like personal limits for yourself this season? Like this is how much content I'm going to consume each game. This is how much time I'm going to think about my transfers. Like, is that something that you've already started no, to put some thought into? No, I haven't thought about limits. And I think, um, and although you say that, I probably did say that, but I feel like it's probably more, uh, you know, I, I would just throw in a podcast during my drive. You know, mm-hmm. I've got a 30 minute drive. And I think that was yeah. what it was. It was like, I've got a 30 minute commute that I would, yeah throw on a podcast and I'd listen to it. Yep. Um, but if you add up all the days, I'm sure it was more than 30 minutes a week. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'm not going to try to limit what I do. I mean, I've got a family and I've got a job and those sure. kind of take priority in my life. Um, yeah. And so it's what can I do to fuel this hobby and, you know, the, the fun of the game yeah. um, outside of that. And commute time is, is a, a good time to, to do it. I'll probably won't add a, a limit, but it's just within the constraints of, you know, yeah. what are my priorities? Also sounds better if you say it's less. It's like a Dama Troyari claiming he never lifts, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, easy to say that when your body you know? looks like that, right? Like, I don't spend that much time thinking about my FPL team. I, yeah. I guess I finished it's number 30 one. Minutes, like, 30 minutes a week, not, I don't know. It seems like I'm doing all right. <laughs> much more than that. <laughs> All right. So we started to talk a little bit about uh, a data and, you know, I mean, I, I think that um, one of the things that was really helpful for me last season, we had uh, Sertalp Chayan, uh, who's a, a, an American based kind of data whiz, um, really, really smart and friendly with his time. And he, I, I was starting to get like a little stressed out by how much data there is in, in family. It's like, last year was like the real like data explosion, right? Like really smart, great sites like FPL review and like all these places that you can basically like punch in your team and they'll spit out like, you know, like the sort of like the, the, the correct answer, you know, it's like, what's the, the question is, what do I need to do this week? Here's the answer, you know? Uh, and I don't really want to do that. And so Sir top was like, you know, there's sites like, 
you know, like football reference where you can just, you can just yeah. pull like XG data really FB easily. FBREF.com. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or goals against, you know, like all, all sorts of like really useful data you can just get, you know, freely. Um, but I'm just curious, you know, I don't want to say eye test, right? Because eye test to me is almost like a, a simplification of what is like a, a series of, you know, combination of match watching and, and, and articles. And, you know, I feel like I, all that sort of falls into the eye test. And I think that, that oversimplifies things a little bit, but you know, how heavily are you factoring in analytics into your decision-making and maybe, you know, how does that compare to how much time you're spending on making assessments based on what you've just watched, right? Like what you've just like kind of, you know, seen and, and, you know, like opinions that you've formed just from watching matches. Yeah, so I would say one. I do watch a lot. Watch a lot. Um, like we kind of chatted about earlier, and watching a lot of games. Um, and if I don't catch a game because there's multiple on, I'll probably you know during my son's nap, I'll throw on the extended highlights mm -hmm. or um, watch a little bit of um, just to kind of see kind of what's going on, how so and so scored, um, or you know was it a deflection? You know, yeah. just kind of know yeah. what what actually went into that yeah. number you know there's a, <laughs> yeah. there's a number but like what actually how did they get that number sure, yeah. context, um, so right. i think it's it's a big balance between um at least the way i played it um a, a balance between analytics and you know using the eye test using um just what you see on the pitch and watching mm -hmm. watching games and, and seeing kind of what positions people end up in um yeah. And just, you know, what kind of energy somebody has when they have the ball. Those are the things that, you know, at least some of those intangibles that don't really make it into just an XG or an XA number. Um, but XG and XA often um, are a result of a lot of great things that are on the pitch. So yeah. it's not like it's, to me, it's not one or the other. Yep. Um, if, if you ignore the numbers and ignore the data, you're, you're making conclusions that are probably not fully correct. Um, because the data is, is a good model and a good metric for a reason because it yeah. is the best predictor that we have. And so I think I really took a balance of the both. Um, and yeah. I'd see something, I'd you know, make a short list of kind of moves that I want to do in the next couple of weeks. And I was always kind of planning a couple of weeks out. Mm -hmm. And then I'm always checking kind of, you know, does this make sense um, from an analytics perspective? Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes using analytics to find players, but I, I never you know, plugged into FPL review mm -hmm. and saw the transfer and was like, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but I, I did sometimes do that just to be like, is there something I haven't thought about yep. that? Does that maybe give me an idea that I maybe wasn't thinking about? And, and if I, if I do, um, you know, now I have to really think if, Oh, that's a good idea yep. or not. And like, how do I want to do this? And, yep. um, but I usually trusted my gut a bit in some of those cases yeah. and just used it as a gut check of, you know, what's the model telling you? What is, what is, what is analytics as a whole trying to say and as the best answer for my team dependent solution, um, but only using that as a piece of the pie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it rings of what Sir Talp had said, where you use uh, data to give you some options and then right. use your own brain and your own context, your own, your own gut, as you say, Jamie, to make that final decision. That's a great way to end up with a fantasy team that represents like, how you view the game, how you want to play it. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. Different kinds of numbers, not necessarily uh, stats, but dollar signs. Shiv asks a question, do you have any thoughts on positional value, particularly for this upcoming season? I want to talk a little bit about big at the back, Jamie, because it sounds like that was transformative for you in your game week eight wild card. So if you think about 
Trent Alexander Arnold and the points per dollar that you can or per pound that you can get from him in FPL versus a midfielder like, say, Jaden Sancho, who costs exactly the same as Trent. So big at the back worked for you at moments last season because you were getting so many points from these guys who are half the price of premium players. Is that something you're taking with you into this upcoming season? How are you how are you thinking of your form the formation you're going to play going into game week 1? Yeah, I think I would say it's it's certainly something I think the whole FPL community and a lot of people playing the game are carrying into this season. Um big at the back was was good uh, for stretches and a lot of the times those teams the, the reason I think I worked really well for me was I deployed it when the be- the big six, the best teams had the best fixtures and the best defenses got a lot more points. Yep. Just so happened that also this time with an explosion of attacking returns from those same defenders. Mm-hmm. So I think looking at the beginning of this season, a lot of the top six have really good fixtures and it's a big pull across the board from a, a value perspective. If you just look at, you know, points last season per million or looking at points last season um, per million per 90 minutes. Both of those stats across all of the, the positions, defenders come out on top regardless, yeah. which lends itself to uh, playing um, five at the back with high value defenders because you're getting the best points and the best value. Um, the one thing, though, that because the, the, a lot of the community is going that way, mm-hmm. part of my brain is is wired yeah. to be like, I want to be a little bit Me different. Too. I know, I know. <laughs> I want to be, a, <laughs> yeah. And so I haven't, I haven't fully committed on exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, but given that I'm, I'm kind of thinking of playing an early wild card um, to try to attack the first couple fixtures, I'm, I'm thinking I may want to go against it a little bit, maybe only go with three. Um, it's still not, you know, three premium defenders. It's not going to hurt you. It's still a lot of value. And I may still play a five at the back formation just with not the premium defenders um, because again, the value is there, Um, but it allows you to put maybe a little bit of high, I'll say hall potential players up front and put a little bit more, um, more budget and, and some individuals he could could explode. So it's kind of what I'm thinking. I'll probably end up playing four or five defenders in total. Um, and yeah. then, you know, two or three, um, three or yeah, three or three midfielders and forwards across yeah. the Yeah, Brent has been talking about a four three three uh rollout to start the season. I think that yeah. I think Nico Williams of all of all people complicates things for me a little bit. Like yeah. just having a a plain four million defender as an option that really wasn't I mean, yeah. you had you had Samikas at the start of last season, but you know, just having having a a player who represents decent value um, as as a possible fifth defender is very enticing to me because it does open up more money that I could, in theory, spend up front. And I, we talked a little bit in last week's pod about how last season was was a like a forward catastrophe, and in some ways, you can kind of go back almost player by player and figure out why that may have happened, you know, and um, and, and look at some of the new additions and and make an argument at least for spending more money up front um, than, than, than you did last year. So I, I think you're right. I think there are different ways to play it. I, I you know, I'm starting to get sucked into the, uh, the uh, going heavier at the back than I, than I kind of want to um, just because I think, you know, I, I guess like you were talking earlier about not being stubborn. And I feel like for me, I have to like, remember that I, I just want the best team and that I don't have to like prove something to the, you know, to like the fantasy, like that you can win this other way. Like, I don't know. You know, it's just so Brendan, I, I think I cut you off though. Sorry about that. 
No, yeah, I, uh, yeah, four three three. I think uh, it's last season. Uh, were were the uh, defenders flattered by how poor a lot of the attacking options were? It's probably they probably weren't. I mean, just look at how Reese James did. Nobody flattered him except uh, himself. But I. I think we'll know so much more when the season starts. Like the the cheap defenders who can enable a really flexible four or five at the back, like John Lundstrom. We don't really know the capability of John Lundstrom before the before the season actually started. And Nico Williams, we're pretty confident he's going to start, but is he going to generate any points? So who was the uh, Brandon Williams who went from Manchester United to Norwich, and everybody was like check this guy out 4.0 Manchester United started a few games for, for, uh, for them. He's going to come yeah. to Norwich and he's going to be a fixture and everybody's FPL squad. And he wasn't, it was, it was not wow. a good season for him. It's a damning um, comparison. I hadn't even thought about the Williams versus Williams. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I think N- Nico Williams, I think has proven a bit more. I would, I would I mean, suggest Trent doesn't get rested very often. So it's hard to say really, you know? But, yeah. Well, I just, yeah. just looking at what he has done at Fulham uh, in a half a season, I think he's, I think he's ready for the upgrade where Brandon Williams is coming out of a, a weird situation there at, at United. So anyway, I think the five at the back is, is very theoretical before we actually start seeing the the football being played. I mean, similarly to the the Holland debate. I mean, what's the what's the read on Holland right away, Jamie? Are you are you like, man, this looks fun. I got to get on this train. I'm trying to figure out how I can fit him in, but I it, it, he's a maybe for me still. I think uh, I'm I'm big on Kane this year. I think Kane's um, the the end of last season, the second half of the season under Conte with the energy and the desire to do well, um, which typically drives Kane, I think was, is telling for this upcoming season. Um, and so I'm big on Kane. So I'm trying to figure out, well, do I bring in Holland as well? Um, but I, if I'm comparing the two, I'm leaning Kane for right now, even though um, week two against Bournemouth is um, a bit scary for yeah. a non-Holland owner. Yeah, and that puts four um, forest at home three weeks later uh, too. So yeah, it's a tricky. Yeah. Okay, so it, so, it, so you're tricky. We have to take advantage of your Spurs uh, fandom here. It, the big choice is Kane versus Son. Is it a choice? Would you have both to start the season? I'm intrigued by this idea, Jamie, that you're just going to start with this like crazy, uh, like one arm bigger than another team to start and then wild card out of it to take <laughs> advantage. Like, are you are you thinking of going both Kane and Son together? I I think that might be too much just because of the Chelsea fixture in week two that um, is not ideal. I think. I mean, you totally could, and I'm sure if you do, and, and then they're going to have a Southampton a couple of years ago, um, you know, return where they get four goals, four assists, right. and yeah, everybody's – whoever has both of them <laughs> is going to just storm to the to the FBI yeah. title. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, on the likelihood scale of how likely is that, it's probably not likely. And, yeah. and um, you know, even one of them at this point is kind of a bit of a differential away from the template. And so yeah. – you know, going back to risks and taking risks, I'm probably not going to go both. Um, and on the the basis of the two, I think if I'm going to put a 12 or 13 million um, midfielder in my team, it's probably going to be Salah because he's got full and he's got the fixtures. Yeah. Um, 
and and I get that Spurs cover with Kane up top, mm-hmm. and so I think that's probably where I'd go. Yeah. Um, if I was going between the two, I'm leaning Kane, but that doesn't mean Sun's not going to be a, just as good of yeah. an answer given the extra goal and, or extra point for a goal. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a tough call, and you know it's it's even though the prices this year are, are lower, you can fit a lot more in your team. It's still except, tough decisions. Yeah, except for top. except for Sun, right? He's like the one guy who got the who got the big bump. I mean, yeah, you know, I still think Salah should be like 15 million in the game, you know, and it would it would make. It would lead to some some much more interesting decisions, I think, going into the season if he was, you know, incredible. I think expensive. I was I was rooting for for prices to be higher. I think it it makes us yeah. take bigger decisions. Now you can squeeze a lot more in, and I mean, yeah. we're still here debating, you know, who we're going to put in. But yeah. you know, if you look at the the template, a lot of people have a lot of players in the template, and they're you know over forty percent owned. So yeah, I think that's because of the prices. If they were all a little bit higher, people would start to go, I can't fit yeah. all these people in. I have to choose one or the other. How am I going to tackle this? Yeah. And then there's more opportunities to, you know, find those gems and, and find, yeah. I'll say, differences um, yeah. in your teams. In many ways, Spurs is the easy team because you just, you've got two options, pick one, and then you get to Manchester City where... Uh, there are many different ways to go. Many paths lead to death, certain death. Like, I don't know if you, if you read choose your own adventure books the way I did, it was always fun to find the path to where you died. Oregon trail, you know, yeah, there's a, yeah. yeah. But you you died of dysentery. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. The the, the people who want to live in the choose your own adventure are going to go Kevin De Bruyne or they're going to go Holland. uh, And the real risk takers are now looking at the mid price mids and Foden and Grealish and Mares. What was your journey last season with Manchester City, Jamie? Was there, uh, you You surely must have had KDB at some point when he hit his purple patch in like the the second or third of third of the season. Yeah, I, I had him at the end um, and he, he did me wonders in 36. Right. Um, yeah. I had an interesting journey with Man City because I started the season with Torres in my squad and then I sold him after a couple weeks um, and in that same week he scored a hat trick and so it got off to a rough start I was like he was he was getting great shots he was good but then I started feeling a little bit of um, you know Ben Rama was hurting me too much and so I, I made the pivot there and, uh, and mm. then he, he stopped getting any points and it was yeah, yeah it was terrible yeah that was painful uh, but another another thing you can make mistakes and still win after yeah, hell because true. you know yeah. you think you'd have to nail those all so I had Torres to start um, later on, I got Foden um, when he scored, I think, 18 points. Um, and and then I pivoted to, I can't remember. I think I had, um, I had Mares. I had, I want to say I had, um, I didn't have Gunduan. Or maybe I had Gunduan. I had like classic, every Classic midfielder. Man City, yeah. You had I, everyone. I, I, <laughs> but I think I had every Man City midfielder except Bernardo Silva okay. across most of the season. I had... Sterling, I had Mares, I had Torres, I had um, uh, Gundogan, I had KDB, but I never went back to the same one after mm-hmm. I left. I just yeah. kind of kept moving through the rotation, <laughs> um, yeah. which it was interesting when I was looking back at it. Um, and and it was just I, I found periods where they were hot and walk, yeah. where I felt like they were going to do well, and that person was getting more minutes, and that, that's the, the risk. And you know, yeah. even times when I had them. I, I ended up um, with somebody who was not starting. But I, I ha- always had a midfielder that was from City for a large period of the season. Um, it was just rotating. Yeah. 
cycle. It's a smart strategy, though. I mean, a lot of the top managers say that, you know, you just want to make sure when you look at your team, you know, like if you take like a 10,000 foot look view or whatever, like you want to make sure that you have a lot of players from the top six clubs because ultimately they just they score the most and they have the best defenses, you know? And if you look at your team and you're sort of like chasing value and you've got all these like Will Zaha types, you know, like you're like, well, like at 7 million, he's great, you know? And like suddenly like you have a team that like in paper has all this value built in, but you actually aren't really, you aren't taking advantage of, you know, of, of Man City, right? I mean, the team that's going to score the most goals and has arguably the best, yeah. you know, defense as well. Um, all right. I want to shift gears for a second here because, um, you know, one thing I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm very conscious of this being the preseason people just thinking about, um, you know, what it is that like, like, how am I going to like actually like stick through it the entire season? And, um, you know, I know Brandon knows, uh, we talk to people all the time, but like past experience, the people who don't stick it out through the entire season, they tend to be, I have like less engaged mini leagues. They don't have a lot of fellow friends who play. Uh, so you mentioned you have this one friend that you text with, but like in general, what does your FPL, you know, quote unquote community look like? Like what is your, what is your community? My, my community is, well, it started with my buddy who brought me in and um, into it. And, and it's, I don't know a lot of the, well, I don't personally know a lot of the other people in, in our mini league. He is my kind of gateway in, but okay. we've now started a group chat and um, okay. I brought in my brother and one of our cool. friends. And yeah. so I've, I've brought more people into it as well um, yeah. because I, I just, I love soccer. I don't have, I'd say being an American um, soccer fan of Premier League soccer, I don't have a lot of friends um, who are as engaged in Premier League soccer as I am. The phrase Premier League soccer is going to go over like a lead balloon. I can uh, probably will. (laughs) Probably will. But you know what? Go for it. Embrace it. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) It's soccer. I grew up saying soccer. soccer. We're with you, Jamie. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So I don't have a ton of friends who who are as engaged as I am in in soccer. And so, you know, it's, it's a smaller community, I'd say, from, you know, what it is. I'm just, like I said, I'm competitive and I'm addictive yeah. personality that I jumped in with, you know, head first instead of feet first yeah. um, into FPL. And so I'm, I'm maybe not just your casual, everyday, sure. um, you, know, you know, fan. I'm a, I'm a big Spurs fan. I'm a big you know, soccer fan. And so yeah. the FPL just added an extra element to the game that made, you know, maybe it's a little bit more exciting to watch. Um, you a San you know, Jose, Norwich, you a San Jose have, Quakes fan, been, Jamie? What's your, what's your allegiance there in California? You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a Quakes fan. I, <laughs> I, I was a bit of a little bit of a Chicago fire fan, okay. Um, okay. but, but even then it's not, not much. Um, They're not the most exciting. Never did it for me. It was the, always, it, it was, it was Spurs all the way. It's truly the most hilarious team name in the history of the world. Like, what are we going to name the Chicago sports team? How about the thing that just, that, that just raised the city, the city to the ground uh, <laughs> yeah. 200 years That's ago? That's true. Yeah. Quakes too, right? <laughs> Quakes aren't much better. A lot yeah. of natural disasters in MLS. <laughs> yeah. Just wait till they They're see gonna... Gareth Bale. <laughs> they're going to come after all the other teams with the natural disaster. Yeah, exactly. Like that's pieces. like the new, yeah. I, I guess it's better than like aping like a, you know, real, real, Salt, real Lake. Salt Lake or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense because I had a, a similar upbringing, uh, you know, in the Midwest. I didn't have a lot of players. I, I mean, I didn't even like the kids who played soccer to be quite honest in my, in my high school. And so for me, which, which was what Brandon did at his, his school. Uh, we but would I feel not like, have been friends back then, Josh. But I feel like I, I jumped into 
I jumped into the Premier League in fantasy with a sports fan's obsessiveness, you know, like with this, like a, I was a gigantic sports fan and I'm also very competitive. And so I, I feel like anyone listening who maybe hasn't really done this before, it's like the, the, the skills translate, <laughs> you know, like if you're good at NFL fantasy, like you're probably going to be good at this. If you're good at, you know, yeah, like if you're good at business, you're probably going to be, you know, like I feel like the friends in our mini league who do well are just, you know, they're, they're probably like pretty data friendly and they're also big sports fans and like if you if you have those two things like that's almost enough for you to really you know, put together a really a really solid season i'm thinking of our friend dave here brandon who's just sort of dave yeah and set. and jeff who won our mini league last season too i think is a similar profile to dave it's yes, true yeah. I, um I mean, josh and i have this podcast where we meet hundreds of people uh but in the mini league that we were just talking about it's so interesting talking about community or being somewhere where you only know maybe one person like we have our our league of just friends is quite small and it's often somebody comes to us is like hey i have this really close friend who lives in a suburb and doesn't know a single other soul who follows the premier league can they come join and and that's great i mean i i feel like those people just like dot the map of the united states yeah, I, I think so too. And I just think even just having one friend is probably enough, right? You said you have this, this one friend who, you know, and I don't, I don't want to know what that initiation ritual was like when he brought you in. I assume it involves, it was like, like, it's like the Freemasons or something, right? You had to go like into a nasty dark stuff. room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sorry to disappoint. It was not anything like that, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I know. No, it's always just a forward email chain, right? That's, so that's why every league I've joined is Yeah, like, here's my but, PayPal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's have it before it the in. game yeah, week one deadline. Here's our three rules. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Well, I, but I do, I do think it's important to at least have somebody and like, it's like, if you, cause I brought my brother into our fantasy league too. I it was a very similar experience. And I think it's like, you know, you want to, you want to keep engaged. We actually had a moment like five years ago where we basically had to reset our mini league. Cause it was this mix of like all the kind of old friends we played with and like people we'd met through the podcast, you know, or like there's friends that we made and it was just, it didn't work anymore because we, they didn't like, they weren't talking to each other enough, you know? And so it was like, you need, it's fun to be in a couple of leagues where like everyone is at least, or not even everyone, but at least like four or five people really care about winning, you know? (laughs) Like, I think that's really valuable. And I've said before, you know, if you, if you can't find a group that big, at least start a head to head league with somebody. Right. Like find like one friend that you can just do. The Brendan and I have this thing we call the 50 buck cup where we just, you know, put in 50 bucks every year. And it's just like, that's just a thing that we compete against so every week. I sort of check my score and then I kind of know what Brandon's score is too, you know, and it's just this little bit of juice, you know, that sort of brings a little extra layer of fun each week. And so I think that, um, you know, for anybody who doesn't have that kind of community, just find one person. I think that really, um, really can be helpful. All right, we've got a big season coming up here, Jamie. You have a, an especially big one because you're defending your title. <laughs> What's keeping you up at night here? What's like, <laughs> I, and, and I and I, again, I respect that you haven't done much tinkering. We're not going to hold you at anything, but. What's the one big decision you think faces you when you are looking at your game week one team? The big decision, I'd say the two, I'll, I'll cheat and go two decisions. Um, it's, you know, does Holland kick it off at city and, 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 and do I need him? Do I, I'm, I'm more okay going against Salah cause I did it last season. I've kind of, I've kind of, you know, yeah. 
ripped off that bandaid and, and now I'm <laughs> right. okay. Like I, I can, yeah. I can kind of keep doing that <laughs> more. Free. If, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a sense. So, I mean, I'm not to say that I'm not going with Salah. Um, he's fairly, very possible in my team, but um, I'm, I'm like, you know, less hesitant to, to do that. Cause sure. I know that I can find other value in Liverpool and you can only have three Liverpool players. So yep. um, it's a bit of a balance there. Um, so Holland, I just, you don't know, he could come in and score six goals in the first three games. Yeah. Um, and, or he could, you know, take a little bit to bet in and, yeah. you know, maybe Pep subs him at halftime, you know, or, you know, and it's, it's still kind of a bit of a big question mark. So, yeah. um, trying to decide and given his ownership, I know you're not looking, um, Josh, but uh, too, uh, I mean, you know, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's hard uh, to avoid. It's right there on the, on the stance of the transfer page. Yeah. So his ownership <laughs> is high. So that that's, it's, you know, do you want to take that risk or not? So that's one yeah. big question. Um, and then the other one is um, on the back. Um, do I want to go without Chelsea defense and what's going on with right. Chelsea? Just from a, right. a pure yeah. tactical perspective. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I want to go James and Chilwell. Um, or either, or, um, you know, minutes across the board is just a, a difficult thing to, to predict at this point right. in the season. But um, for them, it's even more so that, you know, I don't know how they're going to work um, with new personnel and, and right. potential tactics, but I think we saw a preseason game where um, they were both going, doing fine, except Reese games is passing backwards into his own net. But right. um, is, is Mendy in your thoughts at all? You know, only only in the case that I didn't have any other defenders and I was like, I'm just trying to find an extra, you know, find cover. The, mm-hmm. the thing I was thinking about, though, is, you know, everybody's premium defenders or everybody's going there and everyone's going five at the back. Right. Or at least it feels right. like everyone is. Yeah. So if you only have one of a Ch- Chelsea, a city, a Liverpool defender, when you go to watch the games, you're going to be wanting them to lose the clean sheet. Yes. You're going to be want- yeah. rooting for your own players to not, to not score points because yep. in the, in the realm of effective ownership, it's, it's not, you know, it, it's going to hurt you because, yep. um, because half the people are going to be doubled up on Liverpool yeah. and Liverpool. And Chelsea. We all know so, that. We all know that bizarre feeling, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not a good, it's not a good way to make a decision because there's a reason yeah. you're just trying to pick players that get the most points, yep. but it's just an interesting wrinkle of, you know, when you're actually watching the game, you might be rooting for this person to not, not yeah. um, to let in a goal. Yeah. Um, so Chelsea's a, a bit of a, a question mark for me. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm engaged to see like I'm intrigued to see what happens with with that which one of them comes to option. I, I like how you mentioned Holland maybe getting subbed. Something I hadn't thought about was, of course, Pep is the alpha uh, in the locker room at City, and Holland's the the new guy. Even though he uh, he weighs a lot more than Pep does, Pep's gonna make sure that uh, he knows who's boss. And it's interesting. Then you look at Kane. Kane benefits from kind of being the alpha at Spurs for a long enough time to where when Antonio Conte comes in, and I guess the only other word I can think of to describe Conte is alpha. Uh, Seems like a pretty high octane guy, Um, but yet Kane has enough uh, has enough sway. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sun, Sun was chasing the golden boot and Kane still took the pens. That tells you everything about Kane's alpha <laughs> status on the team, right? <laughs> no, just be careful because there was a real tactical team 
victory at the end of that season on that end of that game that it was like win is first but then sun second i bet you if, that's true if, if they were yeah, up three zero and yeah. sun was still looking for another goal um sun would have taken that penalty. he was clearly being fed yeah. the ball there at the end of that match which was actually fun to watch it yeah. was yeah. did you did you kuliseski has this awesome interview that he did um talking about you know his his when he got that ball um and for those of you guys who didn't watch um, he has a, a like a almost one on one with the goalie, and he is trying to figure out what to do. And he sees Sun, and he he tries to pass it to him, but it's like kind of confusing, and he kind of fluffs it, and he doesn't know yeah. what he's doing. Um, and he had a great interview where he talks about it. It's it's you should check it okay. out. Okay, I will check it out. <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Okay. And as a Spurs fan, like I'm a little confused. I, I still find it hard to believe that because Richarlison would typically play, you know, on the left side, you know, in a, in a front two in, in a, at Everton um, with, with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, obviously the left side is Sun's side, right? I mean, like, you know, so, but I also, I, I just find it hard to believe that Richarlison is going to come in and, and sort of be just the de facto, you know, um, sort of super He's the new Bergwijn? Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. The new, you know, yeah, exactly. Or not, not Bergwijn, but just like um, Berbatov, right? Like some like super sub, you know, forward that comes in. So like, do you think, is there, is there a version of that, of that front line where you have Richarlison, Son, Kane, and then you've got Kulsevsky in like a right wing back role? Like, do you think that's a possibility this season for Spurs? I, th- I think only if they're chasing a game. I don't okay. think they're going to throw out a starting lineup with all four of them in it. Um, okay. And I, I don't think Kulisevsky, um I mean, Spurs had Emerson Royal and um, and Doc injured. Doc was injured. Royal was kind of right. struggling, and Conte still wouldn't put Kulisevsky in in right back. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. And now that they went and signed up, signed Jed Spence, he's talked about putting Lucas Moore there. I wouldn't worry about Kulisevsky being a a right wing back. I think this year is different than last year that they've got champions league. Um, They've built a lot more of a depth um, and Conte is going to use it with five subs. They're going to be rotating. There's going to be rotation in the Premier League in yeah. a, in a game ahead of a Champions League game. You might see Kane sit or or get yeah. pulled off at sixty and thirty minutes. Is you know, there's going to be some changes and there's going to be injuries. And yeah. uh, Richarlison is going to get his minutes. Okay, um, it's it, it may not be as part of the first eleven, um, but. Conte is going to rotate, which is kind of a little bit of a worry more so this year than last year when Conte is rolling out the same 11, like right. seven weeks in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to have to adapt a little bit to, to what we see there as we you know, see how he actually uses him. But I expect okay. it's going to be um, in kind of multiple positions across the band um, right. and playing with different formations or maybe Kane and Richarlison up top and um, somebody more in the 10 role. And you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. It's not. He's yeah. not just going to be sitting on the bench all year. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I guess Pep has like figured out how to do this, right? Like you, he's right. extremely talented players who, who just have to find their spot right. and players get injured obviously too. I mean, you know, especially. Yeah. You know. Well, as, as we wind things down here, I feel like we haven't really talked enough about Liverpool and Jamie, you did mention that you were among the few in the brave who dumped Sala when he lost all his form during the latter stages of last season, like I tip my hat to you. Uh, is he, I, that Fulham fixture alone, and need I say again, like 5-1 loss to Benfica, uh, still haven't signed a center back to replace Tim Ream. 
uh, Gazaniga in goal. This is like Gazaniga is the second coming of Jed Steer. We all saw what Lukaku did to him at the early stages last season. Um, so like, I cannot wait to captain Salah in game week one. I'll just be straight up with you. Yeah. Uh, but okay. So you're, you, you, you will keep kind of a self-hating Fulham fan, you know, he's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying, I'm trying to get my British passport basically is, is how that works. Right. So, you know, Salah's still on the table for all of us, including you, Jamie, what's your, what's your beat on Liverpool after like seeing what Luis Diaz did at the end of last season and, and looking at their defense, uh, any thoughts there? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the defense is great. Um, I think this year as the team as a whole, it'll be interesting. I think, you know, City's taken a clear leap forward with Holland and um, and Phillips that Liverpool, it just remains to be seen if the business, they got money left. And so there's a little bit more change there that makes it so that makes me think that they're not going to just match City toe-to-toe again. Um, and maybe there's a little bit of a step back, but Liverpool is still going to be great. And they're mm-hmm. still going to be in all of our teams for the FPL season. Yeah. Um, their, their defense is still great. And their defense is one of the things that hasn't changed um, much at all. We've got, you know, all the, all the same players. Um, and so I expect their defense to do well. And Trent and Robbo are still going to, um, still going to do well, just like yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, I think, the, the attacking dynamic and, and who gets the minutes is the biggest question. And does Nunez come in? Is he an option? Probably not at the start, but he might be. Um, yeah. And we just got to kind of see how Pep or how Klopp uses um, him and, um, and you know, what, what places, um, you know, what formation, who's getting the minutes and how are they playing together? Um, yeah. But I like Diaz, and maybe that's just because I had him at the end of last season, and still living yeah. in last season. Like I, I f- probably I feel will that way. I feel that way a little bit too, though. Yeah. You know? This yeah. word you keep using, Jamie, energy. And when I look at Luis Diaz, that's all I see. It's like pure, yeah. pure good vibes. He he hit the ground running um, yeah. as soon as he came in the league in January. That was yeah. he's been he awesome. looked just looked impressive. Yeah. Um, that. And many I think the fact that he's in a lot of people's teams um, speaks for that. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, um, you know, the big question is, do you go uh, Trent, Rabo, and Sala or Diaz? Um, or Sala, Diaz, and Trent or Rabo, one of the two. Yeah. So do you do the two, two, two Liverpool attackers or two Liverpool defenders? Um, and which way, because you can only choose one of those two, yeah. um, which way do you go? Um, and so that's, that's, I think, a question a lot of people are going to have. That's where well, I'm you're, right you're now. going yeah. uh, Allison and goal, Josh, and then the backup. Uh, what's his name? The Irish guy. Uh, that's Kelleher. The, yeah, those are yeah. My, that's my two. I've got two Allison Kelleher. Got and that then, goalkeeper yeah. position locked. Yeah, and then I like go. I like a couple defensive midfielders in my eleven too. So I'm going to go. Yeah, definitely yeah, Fabinho. Uh, maybe yeah, Fabinho. Maybe a Nabi Keita. You know, just to mix it up a little Smart. bit. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Final question. Um, are, is there anyone you're just like fading this fall? Like you're just like, not, I'm not interested. <laughs> Don't want to like, everyone's talking about them and I'm just not feeling it. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you're, you're trying to be pretty nimble early on, but I'm just curious if there's like a player that you've heard, like a name you've heard bandied about and you're like, I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. You know, Neto, anyone... perhaps. <laughs> Fair, no, perhaps. I, a lot of the people people talk about are all good options. Cause they're good options. Um, sure. And my past history of starting, I didn't start that well last season. So I'm, I'm almost looking, you know, how can I start better than I did last season? Right. Um, right. And a lot of people went kind of heavy on the template last year, but at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of trying to 
play things different because I, I want to find some enjoyment of hitting on a differential a or different. Yep. Um, you know, what's fun when you're just hopping in the river and going along with everybody else. Um, so there's not really anybody who I'm like, Oh, they're, uh, you know, they're terrible. I'd never pick them. Yeah. Um, I think one Spurs defense and wingbacks, I think are a big question mark for me, even as a okay. Spurs fan, I just, I don't know how Conte is going to use them and I want more information before I make the decision similar to the way with Reese James and Chilwell, like what's going to happen. Um, so that's kind of a big thing. Perisic is in a lot of okay. people's teams and I'm worried of what is actually going to happen there. If he gets okay. the minutes, he's, he's gold. Um, is he going to get the minutes? Is he going to play? Um, Saka, I didn't have Saka a lot. He's an Arsenal player, you know, right in the bin, right there. Uh, <laughs> right wow, there. Yeah. <laughs> that is a no. true fade, I think right he's there. Tr- he is tricky with all the new additions, though. I mean, even I as an Arsenal supporter, I yeah, there's it's just, a tricky one. Saka, there's just too many people at that price point, and I think I like yeah. Diaz and Mares both better. Um, when I yeah. kind of played around with, um, and I'll say tinker. I haven't tinkered much, but when I did, I've it's yep. it's do I have Mares? Do I have Diaz? Those are the two eights that I'm kind of playing around with and i don't even okay. know if maris gets the minutes but um, to say, yeah. big big question but we'll we'll yeah. find out if i'm willing to take that risk or not i'm like right. i'm like already worried i'm gonna put too much weight on that charity shield you know before the season starts because that's that's gonna be like our, our time right like yeah. it's it's not always it's not always the case that the team pet, pet puts out for the charity shield is the team he has the next week but at least we might get a sense of who his first choice i mean on both sides really right because you've got mm-hmm. Foden and and Grealish on the other side too, who is really tricky. Yeah. And then, so then the one that I'm kind of toying with potentially not, that's a high ownership um, is Jesus. And not not necessarily because I think he offers great value at his price. He got priced lower than he should have. Um, But at the same time, because he scored a couple of goals in the preseason, everyone is like, he's the next coming of Jesus. Right, right, right. Uh, okay. And, <laughs> I see yeah. what you did there. Yeah, oh, you did. Uh, <laughs> and so that just, it's almost an opportunity of, you know, yeah. do I want to take a risk? And, and Arsenal's first two fixtures are not terribly easy. Yep. Um, first couple fixtures, I mean, they've got good fixtures over the first eight or so. Right. Um, but the first ones, I think it's what Leicester and they play Crystal Palace. Was, is that the first two? Maybe. Yeah. It's, so. Yeah. Pal- Palace in game week one and uh, yeah, Leicester and two. Leicester and two. And yeah. Born and so, with I mean, Fulham Villa. Yeah. yeah then, then it gets, then it gets good. But um, you know, so those first two weeks, I may, I may be more in a, I can afford to sit back and see if Jesus actually hits the ground running once they play competitive games. Yep. Um, so just a, a high ownership opportunity to go against, but also know that you're, again, like I said, know, know what you're taking the risk against yep. and um, you could get hurt, but have a reason for it. So. It's it's fun to fade somebody, and that's why I like going without Trent. I, there's a, there's a part of me that wants to do a Robo Trent Salah Liverpool three, and it would just you know I don't know. There's, but I, I can't tell if it's just the, the sheer thrill of of like not having a highly owned player. I, I do take a certain satisfaction in that, like, and, and maybe it's just it's. I think it is because I'm competitive and I want to like win my way a little bit. Um, but it, it is it's you know it's it's a balancing act, right? You can only do that like one it's like one player you can do that with. You know, like if there's a template, like you cannot go at six players that are highly owned and, and fade all of them, you know, but one or two, I think you can, you can do it with. Um, all right. Well, you know, okay. One final, final thought then a lot of Americans in the premier league this year, we've got America's club 
in, in Leeds United. Uh, do you, are, are you, are you like, are you as an American? We did, we have not talked American at all. I, I, I kept to my pledge. We kept it pretty American free, <laughs> but I have, I mean, I am personally kind of excited about having Marsh and, and Adams and Aaron's in there. Are you, are, do you, are you like a little more excited about Leeds this season just because of all the Americans uh, in the squad? Um, I would say more excited about them. Um, yes and no, because I, I loved watching Rafinha. Um, yeah. And so seeing him not in the Premier League, I think, is, is a bummer. <laughs> it's, it's true, yeah. After that long, drawn-out, uh, we, we don't have to – you probably do a whole pot about what the heck Barcelona is doing these days. Oh, but, totally, yeah. Uh, yeah. They just got Lewandowski, too, like somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so <laughs> I, I liked enjoying um, – watching leads um, under Bielsa and his tactics. I think yeah. Marsh comes in and gives them a new energy that they really needed. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them and it's nice to see some Premier League, you know, Americans um, out there. <laughs> Although yeah. it does seem like Leeds are being a little bit excessive, but um, we'll see how. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Brandon's, yeah. Brandon's not the biggest Adams fan. I mean, I, I'm, I am excited about Aronson. He, he, you know, he's a younger brother who's really good too. It's, yeah. it's tricky. Uh, like you say, Jamie, like when is, is a Premier League team or any big team playing the American marketing card because we are such a huge broadcast market. It's like, it's like all the college sports realignments of the, uh, of the uh, divisions and, and all that. It's most of the top, most of the top six guys, they do it with their backup keeper. Right. There's a yeah. lot of a lot of American yeah. backup Matt keepers. Matt Turner is probably the yeah, way exactly. you want to go in that situation. Yeah, yeah Not, exactly. Uh, right on. <laughs> well, Jamie, I feel like FPL Towers in you found a, a really articulate diplomatic. I feel like you're you're very like you're you're uh, politic. Uh, you're not ruffling too many feathers, except all those Bukayo Saka fans out there uh, <laughs> are dearly departed listeners. <laughs> Uh, but uh, congratulations again on what is an achievement I can't comprehend. But to meet you and talk to you, it's true what they say. Celebrities are just like us. You go to the <laughs> store and you buy milk just like I do. We think. I don't know. You know, do you put your I do, I, I do yeah. buy milk? I do. Buy, yeah, I can confirm. Yeah. And pay, you put the pants on one leg at a time, too. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Yep, two Verified. legs would be uh, asking for an accident. So, so, and I think you have a delightfully American Twitter handle for those of you who want to follow your exploits on Twitter. It's a Ted Lasso reference. It is. It is football is life, and that is as Danny football F U T F U T F U T bowl B O L is life. There we go. All right, Jamie. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Josh, any last words for Jamie before we uh, do our outro here? No, I think you said it. Yeah, just, yeah, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was nice talking to you. Thank you guys for having me on. It's a pleasure. All right. Well, again, visit patreon.com slash always cheating for more FPL content from us. And as always, we want to say a special thank you to our producers. Josh, I'll give you, give you the honors. Sure. It's uh, Mike. <laughs> sure. It's uh, our producers are Mike DiPietro, Trevor Angerson, our buddy Chris Howell, the big gaffer, Baba Coon, James Holland, Dave Widener Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Enoas, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey Yuang, Shiv Majoria, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch. I think he just gave you a mug, by the way, FPL Merch. He uh, did. Yeah, Thank I you, saw, you, saw you post about that. Uh, he does, he does. I've got a couple. I was actually drinking out of a water glass today. He, he, 
It's very good at that merch. Kerry Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Managed by Lasso, Francis Mann, Sam Shower, Jeremy Spiker, Kyle Robbie, Lee Hickman, Belger Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, and our two newest producer patrons. Thank you so much to Craig Jackson and James Conroy. Excellent. Rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at Hail Cheaters, and our website, alwayscheating.com. And don't forget, get your tickets while you still can at fest-nyc.com. That event happening in New York City on September 10th when Jamie Spurs are taking on Premier League champions Manchester City. Early prediction? Spurs City games are wild these past couple years. I got to go with the Spurs win because... Stick, stick it to him. Three there to we one. go. Yeah. City's going to get stuck. All right. <laughs> all right. Thanks again, Jamie. Thanks, Josh. Thank you all. All right. Have a good night. See you next week. Bye. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.